Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence. Welcome to our podcast series. Just yet another way to deliver your voice to the world to make change and forward motion in the insurance industry. After you listen to this podcast, feel free to come comment on our website at agentsinfluence.com. But when you do, remember that we have a strict antitrust policy and we also have a strict comments policy. So while we want to hear your voice, we also want to stay up and stay operational as an organization and as a platform to deliver your voice to the insurance industry to create change in forward motion. This is the platform for you, and we accept all of your comments. Just make sure that you maintain the antitrust and comments policy. Now, let your voice be the sound of your feet upon the ground. Let's roll. Hey, this is Jason Cass again with Agents Influence, and uh, I think you're going to like who we have on the line. This month is still, we're talking about pay structure and commissions of the insurance industry. Had a lot of great comments, and one of those comments came from someone named John Fear of uh, Premium Business Consultants out of upstate New York. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting John uh, a couple weeks ago when I was in uh, Grapevine, Texas at the ACT meeting. That is the Agents Council for Technology. And I happened to sit down at the table while he was eating dinner, and uh, I sat there as well and ended up talking to him for a good 30, 45 minutes about some of the things that he thinks and the ways that he sees the industry needing to move towards, and I was fascinated by it. And when I first put out my first video, uh, John was one of the first people to actually send me uh, by email a document that he had written called Behavior Modification. And I have to say I was absolutely floored and fascinated by some of the ways that he looks of the way we need to look at compensating and looking at our employees and realizing that they're all unique in their own way. And so uh, I'm going to let introduce to you uh, John Fear of uh, Premier Business Consultants. How are you doing today, John? I'm very well, Jason. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. John, if you would, just kind of start by telling us a little bit who you are and where you got to where you're going to be, and then we'll we'll bust into the way that you think about uh, some of the uh, commissions and the pay structure today. Yeah, I, my uh, again, last name is just like it sounds, uh, Evans Frank, E-A-R. <laughs> and uh, I've been in the industry, in the insurance industry, for about 25 years uh, after starting uh, off, well, first of all, with Travelers, almost uh, uh, 20, 25 years ago as a COBOL programmer. That kind of tells you how long that's been. Uh, worked for the company for about 18 years, and, and my final role there was as the National Director of Agency Development, uh, where I went around the country working with agencies and associations on helping them to grow their business, not necessarily just with us as a company, but in general, of looking at the principles of their business and helping them towards profitable growth. Uh, at the time, I had finally decided that what I wanted to do was go out and start my own business, and so I did, and uh, Premier Business Consulting was born, and I spent the last seven years actually working directly in insurance agencies and with associations and actually with uh, several other companies as well, uh, working with them on just different perspectives, kind of as I describe myself, I'm sort of the guy without his nose pressed against the tree. 
that I can kind of give you a little different viewpoint on what is actually going on in your agency relative to any sort of process engineering on there and or any kind of compensation, kind of our discussion of today. The document that you referenced on there was with behavioral modification plans, and, and it really is a little bit of a twist on if people always talk about compensation plans. Well, we want to compensate, we want to compensate people, John. And the, I start off even in that document that you referred to on there uh, uh, with my frustration sometimes when we go into stores and we're standing in line with a multiple of other customers waiting to be checked out. Meanwhile, if our vision goes towards the cash registers, we realize there's only one person working a register while four or five others may be standing around just talking about the day's event and how for ourselves that makes us upset. But if we think about why those people are standing around talking to one another rather than waiting on us as clients, the answer to that question is actually, as to why they're doing that, is actually because they're paid to. Now, that yes. sounds like sort of an odd response, but if you actually step back and you realize how they're compensated, they're compensated based on the number of hours that are on a little plastic card or, or a cardboard card that's sitting in a file in the back office there. And they take the number of hours they work, they multiply that by the hour, dollars per hour that they get paid, and that's how they're compensated. And, and my point to individuals is imagine standing in that same line, but now I'm in charge. And I've decided to tell you what, instead of paying you $10 an hour, I'm going to pay you seven fifty an hour. Well, your first reaction to that may be, well, I don't like the sound of that at all, John. But if no, no, I, I wasn't finished. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay you for every client who goes through your line during the hours you're there, I'm going to give you a $0.25 cent bonus per hour for every client that goes through during those hours. Well, all of a sudden you realize, hey, wait a minute, that, that, that could be profitable for me. And really, if you think about now standing in the same line, in that same, uh, that same retailer with the same staff, you're going to have a very different experience simply because of the fact that we have changed their behavior through their compensation. Wow, fantastic. That, you know, that, that's how you started out the uh, document you sent me, and, and right then I was hooked. I'm thinking, wow, what an interesting concept, and, and, that, and, and hence the name, Behavior Modification. And, uh, you know, you also talk in there about what is the difference is, is keep in mind that it doesn't mean that you pay them more as much as it means that you compensate them differently. And, exactly. and I mean, that's, that's, that, that's, a, that's a totally different mindset. Well, and, and that's the point. It's, it's many agencies you talk to, and again, this just goes back to, well, we know this is what we want to do, but do we understand that our, our sometimes our own procedures really don't match um, what our agency's philosophy is? In, in other words, like, I have never met an agent who has said to me, John, I would prefer just to have monoline business. I don't want to write all my clients' business and everything else. don't want to do that. I really just can't get involved in that. Everybody wants to write all of their business. And so then I, I simply just ask, well, that's great. You, you have that. You have a philosophy of that and everything else. So let me ask you, relative to compensating your staff, do you differentiate between the way you pay for monoline business versus multi-line accounts? 
And as it, as I, I usually like to say, at that point, I can just cue the cricket. Because <laughs> it's a very blank stare that I get back from the agents because they're like, well, no, I don't. And I was actually working with one multi-state agent one time, and, and uh, they were sitting there, and I mean, they're writing premium in the tens of millions of dollars in premium. And so I'm doing a, a session for their 55 producers who span, you know, all lines. And so during a break, he pulls me aside and says, John, you know, is there any ideas that you have relative to compensation of how I can get these guys to go through and refer clients back and forth to one another? And so I said, okay, well, just give me a little bit of latitude here. We'll come back from break and we'll talk about it. So when I when I came back in front of the group, I had said to them, I said, look, you know, we were talking on break here about your compensation. And everybody said, oh, don't talk about our compensation, John. I said, no, no, I heard what you guys do is you get paid, you get paid forty twenty five, new business and renewal. I want to change that. And what I want to change it to is on new business now, I want to give you fifty five versus the forty. Everybody's like, oh, no, that's great, that's great. I said, no, I didn't finish my sentence. I'm only going to give you 55 if it has been account-rounded or cross-sold. If it's written monoline, you're going to get 30. And you, you initially heard a few grumbles from the 55 producers that were in there. But all of a sudden, I'm looking at the crowd, not saying a word. Heads are starting to nod. People are starting to talk to each other and everything. And so I just broke into their conversation. I said, well, wait a minute. What are you guys talking about? And they're like, well, we're, we're talking about how would we go through and refer business on you. And as I'm looking at the owner out of the corner of my eye, he's sitting there almost with his mouth open, like this cannot be happening this fast. <laughs> so my next question to the group was, well, how soon is this behavior going to take place? To which one person who had been kind of a smart aleck throughout my presentation raised his hand and said, well, how soon is this presentation over? And I, and I always remember that just from the standpoint of it, it really was about changing. And even in that concept, we later on talked about, well, instead of giving you 25 points on renewal, we'll give you 20 points on renewal. And they were like, okay, because he, here, here's the math. People understand that multi-line accounts are more likely to stick around. They're less likely for us to go through and have to reshop or do anything else. And now when I'm starting to talk about the fact, oh, okay, now you're going to make 20 points instead of 25 points, but they're looking at it saying, yeah, but I'm, I'm writing the home, I'm writing the auto, I'm writing the commercial, I'm writing the EPLI, I'm writing all the other sort of stuff. They realize 20 points of twice the premium is better than 25 points of half the premium. Amen. And so it's, a lot of it is you're, you're starting to get them to think differently about how they do business. That that is, and I mean, and and that is the reason why I had to have you on here because I think there's a lot of agents out there that maybe they're practicing this. I mean, I was talking with you about it, and and you have other agents that I mean, you're talking and explaining them now, but a lot of the agencies that you go into is this something that you almost mandate? I mean, are you having to mandate it, or are the agency principals getting it? I mean, are the I mean, what 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 are you seeing out there as far as an acceptability to behavior modification? Well, I, I love when uh, I love when you use the M word as far as working with agents, because one of the things I, I'm always reminded of, and I, I was reminded of this my days back working for a company. I actually had uh, when. We were trying to do some things with agents to convince them that, hey, these were the right things to do in your agency. I, I was traveling with a very well-meaning company person, 
And uh, when we went to one agency, she was actually saying, well, this is going to be mandatory. We're making this mandatory. And, and immediately I started to, like, cringe a little bit. And I could see on the agent's face, when he finally got a break, he looked at the company rep I was with and he said, um, do you know what the I in IA stands for? And I was just sitting there shaking my head. like, oh, no, he's going there. And, you know, it, it was totally lost on this company person. And he looked at me and goes, it means it's, the I is for independent, which means the only person that makes this mandatory is me. And as we sat there and we talked about that, the point I was trying to make to them was even with the standpoint of now you have a lot of companies. I know that was at first in your, in your message out there was how companies are changing their compensation now where they're looking at it and saying that, hey, you only write the one line with us and we're reducing commission to this. And, uh, again, it's one of those ones where I'd like to see more of a carrot and less of a stick, where in the old <laughs> days it would have been great if they had said, hey, I'll tell you what, instead of giving you 15 points on it, I'll give you 18 points if you write both of them together. Um, because I think that we would have seen an earlier adoption of account rounding and a more enthusiastic you know, adoption of that as well. Because when I talk to agents about it, it's like, oh, those, those big, bad companies, that's awful. That they're actually making you write all of your clients' business instead of just having you allow your clients to go through and just write with your competitors. Yeah, that's, that's a shame on them. And like I said, it's one of those ones where I have no issue with that because having been from a company, I understand there's uh, – the, the way that all of that goes in, companies understand that we're going to pay you a lower commission because we have less retention on it because it does cost more to acquire it. And, and what, they, what they're really doing is showing agents how you have to start thinking about your own business and the profitability of that. And too often, as agents, we've just been, we've been doing high fives and belly bumps you know, if we write one line of business versus going through and actually ever asking for the other line of business. And so I think it's one of the ones where our industry as independent agents has been behind the curveball and certainly behind the captives from the standpoint of, of how we go ahead and promote ourselves to our clients and the business that we actually ask for. So the compensate and the compensation is just a driver of that. Um, in one case, I, I was actually working with one very large MGA who, again, their commission structure um, for the agents that were a, a part of them uh, was the house keeps 32%, you get 68%. And actually, we went to this one MGA, and uh, as we're sitting and we're talking about it and talking about how with some new products and some ways that things are going to go on, that their overall revenue is going to go down double-digit percentages unless some of the behaviors change. You know, simply because of the fact that this is how compensation is going out and how it's going to work. And the one guy sat there, and I think for the first time, he realized he had one producer, if you will, uh, in their agency who, and, and you're going to think I'm kidding with this, the guy has one account. Wow. Literally has one account, has not written any other business in years because he has one very large municipality where if you realize, wait a minute, if you write a very large municipality and you're getting 68% of the commission for that, you honestly don't need another account. And this time, he was coming into work every day at 9 o'clock, and he was gone by lunchtime. 
and that's all he would do. He, for the, the past half dozen years, had never written a new piece of business. Wow. And so when you look at the devastating effect that that can have on your agency if you're looking to grow, you realize that's happening for one reason, and it's because he can. He's, he's got that type of a commission structure that really his focus on all I have to do is never lose this account. And so when we talk about being able to modify behaviors, just like we, we'll have other agencies who will not pay. I've actually had one that would not pay for additional lines from current customers. And, and it, it's fascinating wow. for me to think about that because it's like, well, why wouldn't you do that? If it's additional revenue to you, if it assists in the retention of that client, and, oh, by the way, that's one less line of business that's being written by your competitor. Why would you not go through and do that? And so it's, it's a lot of it is we're our own worst enemies sometimes as agents because we have forgotten you know, what we have because something kind of creeped in there. And this, this gentleman was very well-meaning on the fact of, John, I'm not paying for something I already have. And, and I remember saying to him, I said, but you don't really have it, do you? Yes, you have the client, but it's kind of like the way I, I look at compensating um, additional lines of business on there through your agency is uh, years ago, the folks at NBC, the television station, were trying to get people to watch reruns over the summertime. And I thought they had one of the catchiest slogans I've ever seen on there where to get you to watch their programming, their 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 marketing marketing slogan was if you haven't seen it then it's new to you ah. and I, I just remember that from the way that we should be looking at our business all, all lines of our business and again in the way that we compensate our staff will drive behaviors as to whether or not when i have you on the phone i may be looking and say hey jason that's great we're glad you're calling everything out you know what i noticed that we don't have X line of business with you, or why? You know, would you like for me to apply that discount to your upcoming renewal? And again, start getting into that conversation. If I'm not compensated for that, then chances are I'm not going to take the time out of it because I have other things that I am being held accountable for. Super, super. I mean, once again, just a different way of looking at it. And I've heard, um, I've heard one of the clients that you work with, uh, Chris Paradiso from Paradiso Insurance out of Connecticut. He told me he said, "I'm not going to run my agency like an agency. I'm going to run it like a business." I mean, if you were an executive or you were someone who's just not come from, hey, I was a salesperson who was successful, and now I think that I deserve more of the commission, so I'm going to do it on my own or do it my way. I mean, as opposed to doing it like a business. Now, one thing I want to say here that I thought was fascinating is that you say in this document that producers tend to be motivated by money and recognition, and that's why they're in sales. The most important thing you can do to make sure that you're paying them for the results you want, not just the results you got. And I want to say that again, the most important thing you can do is to make sure you're paying them for the results you want, and not just the results you got. And that's what you're stating here. And I mean, if you want to round it out the business, you need to pay them for it. 
you're not going to pay them based on the fact that they only write the auto and you're not going to compensate them for uh, the fact that you want to uh, write the home, the umbrella, the motorcycle. Now, I want to turn this real quick off of because, you know, one thing before I do is that you, you, you talked about the way that companies and that's something I had never thought about. I mean, we take it as agents and agency owners that, you know, the company is um, not compensating us on much if we only write one line. And if we only write one line, they're raising our deductibles. And it all has to do with the fact that they're rate running their company like a business. I mean, wouldn't you agree, John? I mean, is that I mean, that's what they're doing here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost fascinating that we think about that because that's one of the things that, uh, you know, and, and Chris and I will talk about that, and I remind agency owners. I was just actually speaking with a group of agents down in uh, Columbia, South Carolina this week, and, you know, I, I started off my presentations with that and said, well, what, what are you? You know, what do you do for a living? You know, and I go around the room, and it's like, oh, I'm an insurance agent. And I'm like, no, you're not. Next one. You know, what are you? Well, I'm an insurance agent. No, you're not, but thanks thanks for saying. You know, and it will go the next time. And by the fourth or fifth one, you know, it's kind of like an uncomfortable laughter in the room because they're like, well, wait a minute, you keep saying we're not insurance agents, and we are. And I'm like, no, you're not. You actually are small businessmen and women who the product that you sell is insurance. You know, and it's uh, funny because yep. you get a couple of different looks where some are very knowing looks like, yeah, I never thought about it that way before. And then other people look at it and say, oh, okay, yeah, I guess so. And it's kind of like, no, no, you understand. If you don't think about that the first and foremost, then you're missing the point because otherwise, you know, then you're not thinking about where does your business come from. You're thinking about, you know, more of, oh, how do I underwrite this or what do I do with that versus every time that you're keeping contact with clients or the way you compensate your staff or the way that you go about your business. Like I said, any agent that, you know, talks to me and they're indignant over the fact that, you know, companies are reducing commissions because of the fact that I'm not writing all the lines. You know, the question I was asking is like, well, why weren't you writing the line before? You know, <laughs> why, why when, an, when a client comes into you, did you ever just write one line anyway? You know, and, and it's so funny because, you know, they want to say, well, that's all they asked for. But I'm looking at it thinking, yeah, but that's not all you sell. You have all of the lines. The client needs it. So the point is, why wouldn't you have done it before? And it, it's really, to your point, you, you realize in doing those type of things, the companies are getting us to think like businessmen and women. And, and shame on us for being business owners and never thinking that way. Amen. And, and those things are universal principles. You know, I always talk about, and this may be a subject for a whole other time, I always talk about the fact that in your business, it, it really is as simple as when we were growing up as kids. You know, they always told us in school, and, and this is probably more applicable to me than, you know, folks of, of your generation, Jason, on there, is the fact that we were taught, well, if you learn the three R's, then you're going to do fine in life. And, and back then it was reading, writing, and arithmetic. And, of course, you know, it speaks a lot for why we're at where we're at, realizing only one of those words actually begins with an R. But I always tell people, <laughs> when you're running your business, you can still do it by the three R's. And your three R's should be retain your current clients, round out the lines of business that they have with you, and the third thing is ask them for a referral. And so if you think of retaining, rounding, and referrals, those are the principles with which you can run a business. And I, and I spoke one time in an event 
uh, are doing back-to-back sessions morning and afternoon. And the afternoon, I had uh, one, one person came to me and she said, well, this was certainly with worth missing my massage for. And it was kind of odd because I was thinking, well, why were you getting a massage, you know, if you're, you know, one of the attendees? Well, come to find out it wasn't. It was a spouse of one of the attendees. And she, her husband had been at the morning one. He came back and said, you've got to go hear this guy speak. And she's like, this is going to so help my business. And I said, well, well what business are you in? She said, I'm a travel agent. And, I, and, and I'm trying to think, well, how does the three R's do that? And she sat stand right there in front of me and articulated, well, boy, if it's retaining my clients, I've got to realize I can't just, when somebody just goes on a trip, it's sort of like, well, then they go into the pile of, yep, yeah, sold them. And we never talk again. And then the point was, well, if they went on a cruise, what's to say that they wouldn't appreciate a bus trip or they wouldn't appreciate some other form of, you know, some flying somewhere or some sort of event that's on there? And then she said, the last thing, I have always just kind of shook my head and thanked people when they sent me a referral or they told me how much they appreciated that, but I've done so little to really go after those referrals and really make sure that I had that. And it's probably one of the greatest compliments I've gotten is here's someone that this was worth missing my massage for, was to come and hear you speak on her own time and realize this was applicable to a business that was very different than you know the main clients I was there to speak to. And I imagine they were probably a lot more successful just by looking at it differently. Now, when you're talking about, I want to get into um, the M&Ms. I want to try and keep this about 10, uh, 12 more minutes. And when you get into the M&Ms, which I think is, is huge, and I think that the technology has allowed us to be uh, to measure our M&Ms, and I want to talk about that, but agents' influence is um, is about everybody, and we've talked about the company, and we've talked about the producer, but when we're talking about those three R's you just mentioned, one of the main factors of that is the uh, the customer service representatives that we have in our in our agency, and 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 uh, and you know I, I I heard you say it, and that's why I said it on my video. But a lot of times, more a lot of times, vast majority, the CSRs are not motivated by money, or they'd be salespeople, and they're motivated by other things and what you call people persons. Could you talk about that for a second? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's also making sure that whatever the rewards are, when you talk about compensation or when you talk about behavioral modification, make sure that the rewards are in line with what is going to motivate individuals. And when you think about you think about CSRs, and, and typically if we go through and have the, the stereotypical one in there, usually it is a, a female uh, in our agency that's working in that. And if you ask them what's most important to them, they would say, hey, it could be time off. And so when people talk about, well, you know, what should we have in here, how much money should we put at it, and everything else, it, it's making sure that whatever the compensation, and I just did my air quotes for you, whatever the compensation is, is aligned with what is actually rewarding to the person receiving it. So there's a couple of different things that go in there, and a great instance that I had with that is when I was back at a company, and I was actually put in charge of developing self-directed work teams. It was basically we had Google people that were doing uh, service work for a license annuity area, and answering phones, you know, upgrading individuals' accounts, doing all of that. Well, when I took over, the service levels were in the mid-70s, which was, you know, how quickly we were answering phones and uh, relative to when we came in and what folks were doing. Uh, within a couple of months, we were up 
regularly with half the teams at 100% service level. Great for our clients, great for our business. We added no new staff, any of the rest of that. It was just people taking their jobs differently. And it was fascinating because what we had done, uh, they said, okay, well, with regard to rewarding them, here's what we can do. We can go through, and I came up with half a dozen ideas that were under $1,000 for us to do, reward whoever the winner was that month. And there were things like taking a cruise together as a group or it was going through and going to like a triple-A baseball uh, league game and their name would be up on the thing and they'd have a barbecue together and all sit together and all, something that promoted teamwork. And we had people just falling over each other to get at this $750 or $1,000 prize. Well, after half a dozen months of just great success and all, my manager actually came to me and said, John, you're thinking too small. I've got it approved for a $10,000 bonus for next month's winning team. Well, long story short is after two months, half of the teams participating actually asked not to be included in the, in, in the following month's contest. And when asked about it, they said, John, we see what that $10,000 prize is doing to unravel the teamwork on the teams who have actually won it. Because, you know, you put $10,000 in front of people, and all of a sudden, there is no I in team. <laughs> you know, but there is an M and an E in money. You know, and that's ah, what, I like that. And that's what people were doing. They were literally fighting over the money and who should get what portion of it. And it actually ran contrary to what we were trying to accomplish as a team. So it was, it was just it was it was probably one of the most fascinating things I've seen with regard to compensation, and flies in the face of how we believe that one size compensation fits everyone. And it's like I was just with this group in South Carolina. That's what I told them. I said, look, if if you want to call me and talk to me about compensation plans, I said, here's the homework you have to do before you pick up the phone and dial my digits. You have to step back, open the doors of your agency when you've hit nirvana, when things are operating the way you believe those behaviors should be taking place. Open the doors, and when you call me, describe to me what you see happening in that perfect day in your agency. Once you have that described, what those behaviors look like, how they have manifested themselves, call me and I will work with you on how to create a behavioral modification plan to sustain that, that state of nirvana, if you will, in the agency. Wow. Oh, my goodness gracious. As an agency owner myself, I mean, it, uh, it just makes me want to go hire people <laughs> so that I can try <laughs> these things. I mean, seriously, because this is just, this is mind-blowing. And, you know, there's people out there that I know are smiling ear to ear, and, and they're thinking to myself, this guy's got it. And, and this is the whole reason why we created this pl platform. But most importantly, it's the whole reason why we decided to talk about this. You know, you see some of the comments out there, and all the comments are great, but some of them were just, they're thinking the old way still, you you know, and, and this right here is why we had you on. Now, I, I want to lead to this um, and, and pretty much start to wrap it up here. Um, you talk about the M&Ms, and you also refer in the document, you don't mean plain or peanut. 
Um, you're talking you're talking about meaningful and measurable elements of your incentive plan. I think that's something that's important because not only how are we going to institute this, but how are we going to measure it and make sure that it is meaningful? Because if it's not, as you talk about, sometimes you have to back up and you've got to redo it because every person is unique. And, and, you know, and one thing that I, I think we need to lead into as well is the three T's, which is tools, training, and time. And I, and I think that's important. So uh, please uh, expand on what you mean so much with uh, meaning and measurable elements. And also, is, is this thing, is it easier today to do that than it was in the past? Okay, we'll talk about the two M's and the three T's. Great lead-in for that. And the meaningful and measurable is the fact that I, I see very well-meaning agencies sometimes who want to go through and they, boy, they just want to measure everything. Yeah. And my point is, just because it can be measured doesn't mean it needs to be measured. And what you should be measuring is what is actually meaningful. And if it is meaningful, then you should find a way to measure it. And here's, I, I guess the way I kind of think about it, we always use this, this phrase called the dashboard. Do you have a dashboard report? And the point I try to make to folks is, if you go through and you get two dozen people together as far as they all have different vehicles, and you can go anywhere from, you know, a, a brand-new Maybach all the way down to a Yugo, and you get these folks in a room, and what you realize is saying, okay, very, very different cars, but if we go through every one of us, with, regardless of the car we own, have exactly the same four components on our dashboard. If you think about it, we have a speedometer, we have a... a, 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 a Basically, it's the RPM, RPM or the, the, uh, the tachometer, if you will, from how our engine is going. We have an engine temp gauge, and we have a fuel gauge. Now, some cars have all kinds of other things and different sensors, and I'm old school, so we used to actually refer to some of the things on there as called, like, idiot lights. <laughs> that would pop on when it was just too late. <laughs> You're already in trouble on there. And so you realize those four components, if you don't understand how those things are going on a regular basis, you're going to be in a world of hurt. And, and even like one of the instances I'll give is I, I worked with a, a group who did direct sales, and we had just almost like an unlimited number of leads, but when I went in there, there were a number of things that were issues. You know, people were in there, and they were taking just phone call after phone call after phone call because it was sort of like, well, you know, we've got leads and all this stuff, so the phone's going to keep ringing. I'll just keep answering it. And they weren't really focusing on close rate of those clients. They weren't focusing on how, how many policies per account. And one of the other things, because you're in a telesales environment, there's another factor we used to use. And I just affectionately refer to it as butts in chairs. We had a, kind of another phrase called utilization or something. But it was how much of the time that you were logged in were you ready to take phone calls. What we decided is those three things were our meaningful. Your close ratio, your policies per account, and you're busting in chairs. And so we said, okay, here's our break-even point for these three components. At this break-even point, you can get $20 per policy. But we said, wait a minute, that's our break-even point. If we do better on that, then let's do what we refer to as a bump that said, do in, in this component, so if you think about it as a matrix going across in those three things, do any of this combination of it, you might get a 10% bump on that $20. In this one, you can get a 20% a, a bump. In this one here, you get a 50% bump. So we had people who were doubling the compensation they got because they were hitting the metrics in those far right-hand things. But then we said, wait a minute. Here's the meaningful. 
and, and the meaningful on it and the measurable component, if there's a bump because you did better than break even, there's going to be what I refer to as a thump for doing less than that. So in other words, I told you my break even point was 6% close ratio and you know 1.2 policies per account. If you did it at a 5% close ratio and 1.1 policy per account, you got a 10% thump. And then a, a 20% thump and a 50% thump could actually come. So we actually had one young single mom one time who came in that month, sold 67 policies in a single month, and her compensation was exactly $0. Because on two of those components, she had to minus 50%, multiply that by 67 policies, and she got exactly $0 in compensation. And the point I have in there, she got it one month. Because after that, that never happened again because she understood here was her measurable results on the meaningful component. So there's your two ends. The three T's is, again, as an old mentor of mine once taught, he said, John, we owe our staff the three T's, and that is the time to go ahead and, and make any sort of changes, the training associated with that, and then the tools for them to actually be able to fulfill on those things. And I think that same sort of thing was whether or not it was with this single mom into there, she got daily feedback as far as the stuff that was going on. We had trainers on staff and her manager was on staff to go through and give her any sort of feedback by call monitoring, looking at all the other sort of things, and really being able to give them the tools to be able to do that with the way that we had set up you know, their office space, all of the other sort of things. All those components were in place that that never had to have happened, and even though it did happen, it only happened once because, you know, she was well equipped to make sure that we didn't do that again, and we worked specifically on those. So I think that, you know, this whole thing of, uh, and I'll just, before it even comes up, dispel any sort of myth that just because you have a, a quality behavioral modification plan in place that all of a sudden your results are going to change. It, it doesn't just work that way because it's a great plan. It goes back to that whole sort of thing of open your business's doors, tell me what I will see when that business is running the way you would love it to be, and that's how we will sustain, if you will, that nirvana through programs and plans that go through and reward those types of behaviors on a daily basis. Super, super. Well, John, I want to wrap it up here. And, you know, I mean, I only got through about half of the document because, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, how, you, you, how the time frames will be applied when you talk about those T's and how the progress can be communicated, which I think is a fascinating part. And, you know, what are the consequences for not meeting those requirements? And, you know, what does this all mean in wrapping it up? And, and I want everybody to know there um, who's part of the platform is that uh, we do not allow and we're not compensated. Uh, agents influence is an absolutely uh, non-for-profit is what I like to say. We, we do not get compensated in any way. But there's a value that I want everybody to know about. And that is, John, I want them to be able to reach out to you if that's okay and, and ask this because, you know, I imagine that you've created in the minds of people hundreds of questions. And I imagine I can see the agents right now writing it down and thinking about it. And is that okay if we, if we allow them to contact you? Yeah, absolutely. And what, and that's what's, what, your, what's your email address, if you could, please? The email address you can reach me at is going to be john, J-O-H-N, dot E as in Earl, 
dot fear at gmail dot com. And that's that's very simple. And and once again, he's with uh, a Premier Business Consultants. And uh, and really, um, John, if if there's anything you'd like to say to close it up, um, and, you know, feel free to to do this. Just kind of wrap it up, and then we will uh, we'll we'll call it a podcast on that. And and, and it's just been fantastic. Anything you want to you want to say? Yeah, I really just I just appreciate what you are doing. To go ahead and underscore. You know, what you're talking about is this being a forum for us to go through and share those. There are some of those ideas that absolutely you can either go through and give me a holler or go out and look out on, on johnfear.com. You can see my website out there. It has some other ideas that I have posted on there and would be more than willing to talk about because here's really from this whole sort of thing. It, it really is about us as small business owners you know, sharing those type of ideas and having a forum like this in which we can share meaningful ideas that are going to lead to the eventual growth of us as small business owners. So I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing on this, Jason. I want to thank you for the opportunity to do this. I hope that uh, given different topics and circumstances, you'd, uh, you'd have me back again to talk about some of the other things. I will. We've got a, we've got, I've got a list of 25 different topics. I figure that'll carry me out two years. And, uh, you know, and I imagine in between that. Uh, so once again, um, the, 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 what his uh, overall basis is called behavior modification. He's John Fear with uh, Premier Business Consultants. We thank you for your time. It is a Saturday afternoon, and I know you have a lot of things to do because I know you, John, and you are a workaholic. And uh, so I imagine there's a lot of things you want to get to. So once again, uh, thank you for your time, John. You're very welcome, Jason. Thank you.